לקוטי שיחס חלק ט"ז פרשס ישרי שיחה גימל. We are learning לאילוי נשמס רב יוסף בנימין בן רב מנשה קלטמן. פרשס ישרי brings us the events of the Ten Commandments, the day of the giving of the Torah. The Rebbe begins the Sikha quoting a statement in Psachim that lauds the event of Matan Torah. The Masechta is talking about how a holiday is celebrated, whether with Torah study or with feasting. The sages determine and all agree that the holiday of Shavuos is a day for you, meaning it's a mitzvah to eat and drink on this day. Why? Because the Torah was given and it's a mitzvah to demonstrate one's joy in that event on that day. The Rebbe quotes that the Gemara relates that Rav Yosef on the day of Shavuos would say, Avdi li egla klosa, prepare for me a choice piece of meat. And why was he celebrating with such choice meat? Omar, ilo hayuma duko gorim, kama Yosef ika b'shuka. He said, if not for this day and what that caused for me to reach this level, how many Yosefs would there be in the market that are like me? The Mepharshim asked numerous questions on the statement, and among the questions the statement arouses is the question of why does Rav Yosef use the words this day to express his point. He intends to say that his advantage over others is in the merit of his Torah study, as Rashi explains. So, why hedge the point? Why not say outright, if not for Torah? Why say, if not for this day, how many Yasus would there be in the Shuk? More than that, what Rav Yosef wants to do is to point out the value of learning Torah, which isn't particularly connected to Hayoim, the day that Torah was given, as in fact there were those who learned Torah before the giving of the Torah. Hazal teach that our forefathers always had yeshivas where they learned Torah. So why connect the study of Torah Dafka with the day of Matan Torah? Perhaps we could suggest that Rav Yosef's intention in saying that day isn't to focus on the that day as the day of the giving of the Torah, but rather on the day that we became an Amsegula, Hashem's treasured nation from among all the nations, the nation Hashem chose from every and all other nations. This is what makes Rav Yosef different to all Yosefs in the Shuk. So he doesn't highlight Torah study, he highlights the day that caused this advantage that he has. The challenge with this explanation is that Rashi, a primary commentary, explains that his advantage was Shalomadati Torah, because I learned Torah, which in fact is also understood from the discussions that both precede and follow this teaching. They talk about the value of Torah and its study. And more specifically even, according to this, every Jew has this benefit and value, this advantage. It's a national quality. But Rav Yosef seems to be talking about a personal quality of his different to other Jews. There are some other points in what Rav Yosef says that require attention. Like, why does he say, Kama Yosef Ika? 
how many yeses, as opposed to perhaps saying, how many people would there be in the market like me? What is the particular importance of using his name, Yosef, in regards to his unique superiority? As Rashi explains this, there are a lot of people named Yosef in the marketplace. What is the difference between me and them? Also, why must he say how many Yosefs are there in the marketplace, Peshukah, when he could just say how many Yosefs are there, referring to himself? What does the word beshuka in the shuk add? It's not to draw attention to the fact that those Yosefs are in the marketplace while he is in the base medrash in the study hall learning, because that is self-understood. Without Torah, there'd be no base medrash. Every place would be stam, a marketplace, the opposite of a base medrash. To explain this, we must look at the basic difference between the study of Torah and fulfillment of mitzvahs before Matan Torah, as we mentioned that the sages teach regarding the yeshivas of our forefathers, and after Matan Torah. Before Matan Torah, the performance of mitzvahs was not commanded and observed by God's word, whereas after Matan Torah, the fulfillment of the study of Torah and the observance of mitzvahs was mitzvah v'oise, God commanded, and it was so done. And the qualitative value of being commanded by Hashem and fulfilling the command isn't just with the individual, the gavra, who performs the mitzvah, who receives a great reward. It's also about the chefzah, the object which was used to perform the mitzvah that is impacted when Hashem commands and a mitzvah is fulfilled. Before Matan Teira, the fulfillment of a mitzvah was the individual's will without being instructed by God. And so the object used to do the mitzvah wasn't impacted and affected. It didn't alter the object in any way from its organic form. Only in the individual who did the mitzvah was transformed. But after Matan Torah, once we were commanded by God to perform mitzvahs and to refrain from others, the object used for the mitzvah, too, is influenced, affected, and transformed via God's command an object used for a mitzvah, or God forbid for an avera, is either transformed positively or negatively. When a Jew observes a mitzvah, a mitzvah saseh, there's an impact on the individual who fulfilled the mitzvah, and the object used, too, becomes a mitzvah object. This is true, too, when, heaven forbid, an Avera transpires. Not only is the Gavra, the individual, impacted, but also the object used in the performance of an Avera. It becomes a disgraced object. This is true, too, for an object used in the performance of a mitzvah by a Ben Noyach, by a Noahide which used for any of the seven Noahide commandments is either elevated when used correctly or denigrated when transgressing the Noahide law. This explains why when Avraham wanted for Eliezer to swear by grasping an object made holy by a mitzvah, he told him to place his hand beneath his thigh on the place of his circumcision. Avraham did many mitzvahs, 
that the only mitzvah which he was commanded to do, and that thus transformed both Avraham, the Gavra, and the object, was the mitzvah of circumcision. Otherwise, this would have been an act of immodesty. Nevertheless, the Rambam postulates that we do not perform the mitzvah of Milah because Avraham, our forefather, circumcised himself and his household, but rather because Hashem, through Meshur Abenu, commanded circumcision, even though the commandment to Avram was worded as Ato Uzaracha it is a command to you and your children after you for generations, because the completeness of the idea of an object acquiring holiness when used for a mitzvah is only after Matan One of the reasons for this is that a commandment that was given to Avraham prophetically, given to an individual as an individual mitzvah, is incomparable to God's commandments given at Matan through Moshe Rabbeinu when all 613 mitzvahs were commanded to all of Israel. This then is the intention of Rav Yosef in the statement, if not for this day and what it caused, how many Yosefs would there be like me in the marketplace? If not for the day of Matan and the change of physical objects becoming elevated to holiness, there would still be those who learned Torah and fulfilled mitzvahs, increasing holiness by doing so, being the Yosef, creating Hesafa, adding in holiness, the Yosefs, no matter how much this would be an increase in holiness, would remain in the status of being in the shuk, the marketplace, a reference, of course, to a common public space, not one elevated by Torah. Because before Matan Torah, not only the Gavra, the individual, could be transformed by Torah, but not physical objects or even physical space. Only because of this day, Hayyema, when Hashem commanded us to study Torah and on the performance of mitzvahs, is there a yesef, an increase, an addition in the world, causing change to the world itself, transforming it from a shuk, a marketplace, a common space, into a chayfetz shal mitzvah, an object made holy by a mitzvah. Now no longer is only man transformed, but the entire existence of common space can change and be made holy by a mitzvah. Accordingly, we understand Rashi's addition of the words, Shalom Adati Rav Yosef says, I learned Torah and I was elevated. Technically, how would Rashi learn the words of Rav Yosef that he cannot be found in the marketplace to mean, Shalom Adati I learned Torah and I was elevated. When looking at the words literally, the idea would be that I'm different from all the people in the street who don't learn Torah. But according to what we said, we now understand that the change caused Hayyoyma for the very day of Matan Torah to be transformed. Once we are after Matan Torah, an object used for a mitzvah is transformed to an object of holiness. And also the one who learns Torah is transformed and elevated. While before Matan Torah, one could learn Torah, one could grasp Torah and really own Torah, but he would not become transformed and elevated within himself. 
And now we understand Rav Yosef's usage of the words Takagorim and what this day caused. Because in the change that, that this day brought, there is yet another concept. Before Matan Torah, a physical object was neither permissible or impermissible. The commandment of a say to do a mitzvah or loisa say to refrain from doing something was incumbent upon and affected only the individual. But after Matan Torah, things themselves may be permissible, a mitzvah, or an isur in an isur impermissible. And we see an example of this in the idea of bris milah before Matan Torah. One of the reasons of Rahm, who observed the entire Torah, didn't have a bris was because this idea of orla, of something being uncircumcised, didn't exist in Torah. The circumcision of a foreskin wasn't a reality, and it would have been a chotech ba'alma, stam inflicting a cut. However, matzah similarly wasn't a metzias in the commandments in the Torah before Matan Torah, and yet we know that Avraham and his children ate matzah and indeed performed all the mitzvahs. The difference would be, though, that the reality of matzah existed. There were the different foods and breads people ate, as we know from the visit of the three angels to Avraham when he prepared food for them, and generally there was this concept of doing charitable things for others, including with one's house and garments. Also with the performance of other mitzvahs, this reality doesn't hold someone back from accurately performing a mitzvah. But one cannot do a bris milah if the idea of orla does not yet exist. There's a similar notion after Matan Torah. Just as the prohibitions in Torah don't influence only the individual, but also the object is a degraded object when mitzvahs loiseis are performed. When mitzvahs are performed, the object is a mitzvah object, even before the mitzvah is done. Of course, when the mitzvah is done, the object becomes holy. When tefillin are used, they become holy. And when we use the four kinds of sukkahs to do the mitzvah, with mitzvah objects, that become holy. This was not the case before Matan Torah. According to all of this, we can understand a seemingly surprising mechilta. On the verse, regarding telling the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim of leading Egypt, and you should relay to your child on that day, saying, Because of these things, Hashem took me out of Egypt. And we have the mitzvah of relaying the story of leaving Egypt, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. So the Mechilta says, Yochel, Meresh you may think that now that you hear this mitzvah, this mitzvah is from Rishchidosh, begins on Rishchidosh. Talmud Leimer, B'yayim Hahu. The Talmud teaches us that the mitzvah is for that day, the day it happened. I B'yayim Hahu, Yechayel Meba'id Yayim. So we might think that B'yayim Hahu on that day means when it's literally still day. Talmud Leimer, the Talmud teaches Ba'avur Zeh, but it's because of these things. So what are these things? Kishayesh Matzah, Umorer Munachim Lefanecha. When you make the Seder at night, when Matzah and Mara are in front of you. The Mefarshim explain 
that that thought that perhaps this study, the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim should be told from Reish Chodesh is because on that day Moshe began to teach the lessons of the upcoming obligation and how to fulfill the mitzvahs of Pesach, to eat matzahs and moror, which led to the redemption on Pesach of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. If that began on Rosh Chodesh, it's likely that the telling of the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim to your child, which was initiated by Moshe's instruction on Rosh Chodesh and Mitzrayim, should be from Rosh Chodesh each year. But the Pasuk teaches that it must be by Yom Hahu on that day, when Matzais and Meroirim are in front of you. This needs to be understood. From what the Mechilta is teaching, it seems that the decision that the Mechilta arrives at, that the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim has to be told at the time when you are eating matzah and mar, isn't through some new idea that's being revealed in the story or in the obligation to tell the story of leaving Egypt. But even looking at the Mechilta at the outset, the quoted Pasuk is Vihigadita Levincha Bayoim Hahu Lamor Baavorze Osa Hashemli Pitsaisimitsraim and you shall tell your son on this day that in the merit of these things, meaning Pesach, Matzah, Umara, the carbon Pesach, the Paschal Lamb, the Matzah, and the bitter herbs, Hashem took me out of Egypt. That the story of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim is connected to these topics or ideas. And we need to remember and mention the Paschal Lamb, the Matzah, and Moror, together with the story of our Exodus. All that Pasuk is coming to emphasize is when this should be done. So why is there a question connecting Pesach, Matzah, and Moror, which are all about the 15th of Nisan, with Rosh Chodesh? Or even the question of whether it should be performed when it's still day? The explanation is that from the day of Rosh Chodesh, when Hashem gave the commandment of the Korban Pesach, when to eat it, how to eat it, as well as the mitzvahs of matzah and moror, the notion of chefzah, a mitzvah object with a potential of holiness, came into existence. This was something new that had not existed in the time of the Avis or for Bnei Yisrael before that Rosh as well, traditionally, we begin the Shail and the Darshan, the teaching and explaining the halachas of Pesach before Pesach, which may be 30 days before or two weeks before the upcoming Yom Tif. So it's possibly quite right to say that you begin to tell the story of leaving Mitzrayim from the time that the new Hefza came into existence. And it's quite understandable to suggest that the obligation of the Higadot Levincha to teach your son about Pesach, Matzah, Umara, and the Exodus began then because the existence of these things took on a new reality of Chefzah. The second idea in Mechilta is that that the mitzvah of Ehigadeta Levincha should be from Erev Pesach, that perhaps then, when not just Chefzah, the mitzvah objects, becomes a new reality, available for holiness, but also on the day when a lamb is chosen to be slaughtered, the individual who performs the mitzvah too is transformed. Maybe that's when the mitzvah should begin. But the decision is that the mitzvah is only when Pesach, Matzah, and Moror are there before you. 
And you can point and say, because of these things Hashem took us out of Egypt. When you're actually performing the mitzvah of Pesach, Matzah, Umar, and the Hefza becomes transformed through your performance and not before that. This is relevant not only to Matzah and Moror, but also to the Karban Pesach, even though the Karban Pesach was already sacrificed earlier. And it has been transformed to holiness. Ultimately, the mitzvah, though, is to eat the Karban Pesach. And that happens only at night. Now we understand what Rav Yosef intended with the words, Hayoyma Gorim, this day caused. There isn't an automatic change. Rather, there is a causal shift. The change of Yosef, of Venisre Mamti, and I was uplifted, which happens through the actual studying of Torah and the fulfillment of God's commandments, Hayoyma, this day, caused for physical reality to be transformed. This actually occurs in two ways. One is that this day caused a new reality in the chefts of the mitzvah, in the object used for the mitzvah. It's available now to be used for or as a mitzvah. And to the chefzah, the mitzvah object that is the Jew, too changed. We were no longer in the status of gerus, converting to the Jewish nation to be part of the Jewish nation. We were now as one, taken under the canopy of God's divine presence, and just as when a convert converts to Judaism, he or she is considered as a newborn, so the body, the physical reality of the Jewish people is one of a goy kadosh, transformed into a holy item or a holy nation. Therefore, a Jew has the ability and the power to take something physical and do a mitzvah with it and to transform this. This is then what Yasef means. We are able to add holiness and transform through our learning even the common places to a chefza diktusha, to places of holiness. The Jew, too, when learning Torah, experiences an elevation, v'nisrei mamti, an elevation in addition to his organic holiness as a Jew and a member of an Am Kodesh. Now we have this question. How is it possible that until Rav Yosef, that this idea was, until Rav Yosef's time, this idea wasn't expounded upon? That he was the first to point to this aspect of Matan Torah. None of his predecessors pointed to this transformation that results from this day. Only Rav Yosef saw the idea of Elab Hayoimah, if not for this day, and none of the generation before him. Of course, those after him had the benefit of what he taught. When we understand what Hayoimah achieves, that because Hashem gave an instruction and a new element in a mitzvah was revealed, that the mitzvah or prohibition shows up in the chefza as well, in the object used, a question arises. Does this mean that an object is affected and transformed only when it is used via the commandment to do the mitzvah? In other words, only because one was so commanded to fulfill the mitzvah or to not transgress this particular prohibition, the object is imbued with a holiness, 
and if not so commanded, one could not affect the chayfets, the object, similarly. Or is it that whereas at Matan Teira every Jew became holy to the extent that the very body of a Jew is considered holy, intrinsically holy, and the parameters of an object made holy by a mitzvah and or made unholy via an avera are introduced in the world, one who wasn't specifically commanded to perform the mitzvah but still performs the mitzvah can af- affect the object used. An example for this idea of one who was not commanded but performs would be a woman who's exempt from time-bound mitzvahs. But there are nevertheless mitzvahs that she may do, and in fact, a woman may perform all mitzvahs that she desires to fulfill, albeit without a bracha, as the Rambam teaches in Hilchus So the question would be, is the mitzvah is this mitzvah, which is not incumbent upon a woman, when performed, considered just as the choice of a human being to take action, or does it affect the object used in doing the mitzvah? And the answer to this question has several halachic ramifications. When we look at the laws of an esrog that is set aside and used throughout the days of seven days of Sukkot, and one may not eat or cook with the esrog, the question will arise whether a woman's esrog will also have those parameters. As she is not obligated in the mitzvah, does the mitzvah affect her esrog, the object used in the mitzvah, or not? This same question can be asked regarding someone who is blind, God forbid. Of Yehuda determines the halacha that a blind person is exempt from all the mitzvahs stated in Torah. Do a blind person's mitzvah performance impact and transform his cheftzah, since he isn't in the category of mitzvah v'esah, so commanded and fulfilling a commanded obligation? The exemption for a blind person is in fact a stronger exemption from mitzvahs than a woman's exemption. The Gemara in Babakama tells us that Rav Yosef, in fact, was blind. And Rav Yosef says, If one would say that the halacha is indeed, as Rav Yehuda says, that a blind person is exempt from mitzvahs, then I would hold a festival for the sages. Why? Because though I'm not commanded to, I nevertheless perform the mitzvah. But... I've now heard the teaching of Rav Hanina, who says that one who is commanded to do a mitzvah and does it is greater than the one who isn't commanded and does it. And if someone will say that the halacha is not, as Rav Yehuda says, then I will hold a festival for the sages. Why? Since I am commanded, I receive a greater reward. We glean from this that Rav Yosef was in doubt if the halacha was as the sages determined, that a blind person has the obligation of performance of mitzvahs, or as Rav Yehuda determines, that a blind person is exempt. As well, the simplest understanding of these words, if someone tells me the halacha is like Rav Yehuda, I will throw a party because I fulfill the mitzvahs even though I'm not commanded to, is about Rav Yosef's Excuse me, is that Rav Yosef understands that according to Rav Yehuda, he was totally exempt 
even from rabbinical mitzvahs, which explains his great rejoicing if the halacha is as Rav Yehuda says. How amazing that he does everything though he is not commanded, which helps us understand his words in the beginning of our discussion. If not for the impact of this day, how many Yosefs would be in the shuk, within, in the common spaces? This day, Jews became sanctified in an intrinsic way, and the notion of a chefza becoming transformed to holiness came into existence and affects even a blind person. When Rav Yosef learns Torah, there is a transformation, an impact of Venisrei Mamti. He is the chefza that is elevated. And so too when he does a mitzvah, even though he isn't commanded to. The object used for the mitzvah, his mitzvah, is affected. Because since Matan Torah, this is a mitzvah action.